Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Ezefetti. So summer is quickly approaching and I'm actually not the biggest fan of summer. I know that's like not something people say usually, but I guess I'm a little weird in that way. Like even though my birthday falls within it, like apart from my birthday, I'm just like, ugh, summer. I am just very averse to heat. That's pretty much the only reason. But for some reason, this year, I'm really looking forward to it. I think probably because I had a really nice, fun summer last year. So today I'm going to highlight some YA books and manga. Well, rather a book and a manga that while they may not necessarily take place in summer, they will have that fun, summery vibe. Also, don't forget to check out a new podcast that Book Riot co-founder Jeff O'Neill started. It explores the wide bookish world. It has interviews, lists, rankings, retrospectives, recommendations, and much more featuring people who know and love books. Also, your girl, yours truly, told a story on there in a special little story segment. So definitely check that out. There will be a link in the show notes. You can subscribe to it. It's called First Edition. You can subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcatcher of your choice. So definitely make sure to check that out. Let's first hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. So summer has meant different things to me at different times in my life. 
But I remember when I was a teenager um, that starting summer was so much fun, like before you started even. Because first of all, school's over. So obviously that's like fun by itself. Even though I like school, it was still fun to not go to school. I can't, you know, I contain multitudes. Then there was always this possibility that you might do some really cool things over the summer. So that was fun to look forward to. Uh, but then there were also the times, I should say there were many a summer actually, where I just kind of played video games and read books. And that was the entirety of my summer. Played outside with my siblings, all that good stuff. So I've got some books that encapsulate that summery feeling. So the first one I have is a manga. It is Barakamon by Satsuki Yoshino. So it is a shonen manga that has an excellent, excellent anime adaptation. Oh, please read it and then watch the anime. Please do yourself a favor this summer or now or watch it twice, whatever. I can't tell you how to live your life. Okay, do what you want. So definitely pick this one up. It's about a young and talented calligrapher named Saishu Honda. So apparently, I say apparently because I knew nothing about the world of calligraphy before reading this, but apparently it is kind of unusual to be so young and to be a professional calligrapher. I believe Saishu is about 23 or so, if I recall correctly. So calligraphy is this very kind of like exact art form. And it was really cool to learn about it through this manga. Well, so Saishu is at an exhibition when an older curator or critic gives his opinion on Saishu's work. And it's not favorable, let's say. He tells Saishu that his work, his work is giving textbook, but like not in a good way. It's giving like unoriginal. It's giving drab, essentially. And so I guess Saishu's, the logic for him told him to punch this man, which is terrible, obviously. So after hearing about this, Saishu, Saishu's father sends him off to Goto Island for the summer to cool his head and get over himself, basically. So he sends him on this kind of like unofficial kind of um, exile. So when he gets to the island, he immediately sees how different the way of living is, is there compared to what he's used to. There are like no taxis. So he ends up hitching a ride into the village so he can get set up at his new temporary house. Once he gets to the village and meets the villagers, oh my God, there are so many precious interactions. Like first he has to get used to them though. So the, the island and the village is very rural. So it has a very pleasant small town vibe and the village characters personalities are everything. They have so many different personalities and different kinds of humor, but the most rambunctious of them is this little first grade girl named Naru, who is one of the kids he finds playing in his house when he gets there. So as he's cleaning up, he tries to kind of like shoo her away. And throughout this series, he's like, always like, how did you get back in my house? She always finds a way back in his house. It's so funny. So, but eventually he realizes that she is there to stay and he just lets her be. And side note, y'all, but it really tickled me how the characters in this have basically what equates to a Southern United States accent, because again, it's a rural town. So my country self was just like all the more endeared, I guess, to them because it felt familiar because I'm from South. Um, and they also would just say funny things. For whatever reason, country people, rural, rural living people always have funny phrases. That's been my experience. 
So the story is basically him living on this island, socializing, having fun with the villagers. He participates in different traditions of theirs. He becomes really close to them. And all the while, he's working on his calligraphy. But it's frustrating because the critic, you know, the one he punched him. Okay, that guy's words are still in the back of his mind. And so we watch Saishu as he carries out his summer days trying to figure himself out where he stands in the world of calligraphy and stuff like that. And also kind of maybe like reassessing his values, like, you know, having some epiphanies over here. He starts off as this city boy who is kind of full of himself, but the island gets him to learn some stuff about himself. As I said, it's such a pleasant slice of lifestyle story where it just feels very laid back and relaxed. And there are so many sweet and funny moments. I really loved watching the anime for this last summer, and I probably will again this summer, if I'm being honest. I'll probably reread everything. It's so good, so fun. I really liked it. Again, that's Barakamon by Satsuki Yoshino. Next, what I have is The Secret Summer Promise by Kia Brown. So Kia Brown, for those of you who may not know, has written before about her experiences being a disabled person. She has a memoir out titled The Pretty One and has contributed to an essay collection called Disability Visibility, which was edited by Alice Wong, a disability activist. Uh, Now, while her memoir is not YA, there is a YA version of Disability Visibility, and you should definitely check that out also. So now, The Secret Summer Promise is one I actually have not read yet, but I wanted to prioritize speaking about it today because it's coming out this June 6th. It has great disability, um, diversity, and queer representation, and it's from Kia Brown, whose resume I just shared with you. So, you know, Kia's popping, so this book's going to be popping too, you know what I mean? Plus, plus, on top of all the pluses I just gave, I feel like the premise fits perfectly. It perfectly captures that hopeful summertime energy that I was speaking about earlier um, that I and I know so many other others have had as teenagers. So this is about Andrea, who is a creative person. She has this awesome summer planned out that she's going to fill with blueberries and Lizzo concerts and Drew Barrymore marathons or Drew... Berry marathons, if you will, uh, and skinny dipping and all these great, these great summery things. So she's trying to go all out this year because she didn't get to to last year because she had cerebral palsy surgery. So now she's going to make up for last year while also having fun for this year. So she has, she has a schedule, okay? She has to stick to the schedule. She has to have all the fun in a short amount of time. Only thing that could potentially mess things up, you know, there has to be something, is her deep down bad crush she has for her bestie, Haley. Andrea, now Andrea is pretty popular with people and she has a great home life, but she also struggles with low self-esteem in ways. Now, while she's all torn up inside, battling her feelings for her best friend and thinking like, if she dates this popular boy, she'll get over her feelings. So while all of that is going on, her friend Haley likes her back the whole time. So there's like that trope of miscommunication and pining. So if you're into those things, plus a summary, fun summary backdrop, then I think you will like this one. And again, this one is titled The Secret Summer Promise by Kia Brown. So I have other summary books, but I'm at about time for an extra credit episode. Start with those. I might mention some others later for other theme days. I love... 
I love mood and season reading. So yeah, I like to just be on, I guess, on theme as the summers, as, as the summers, as the seasons, I mean, as the seasons change. So I'm really looking forward to getting into these summery vibes. I hope you are too. I hope you enjoy them. And thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore easy E underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor for making me sound great. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.